This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Today's message is entitled, Financial Management, Part 6, The Spiritual Significance of Giving. God loves a cheerful giver. Therefore, we should always have a proper attitude towards giving to receive God's favor. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. I have been in a series for the past several weeks on finances, and today is no different. I'm going to continue. I'm going to be in this series until Jesus comes back. Um, We covered in the first session lesson uh, God's purposes for money. Then we talked about budgeting. Then we talked about debt. Getting out of debt and getting rid of those credit cards. I think five of y'all cut up your credit cards. Last week we talked about savings. Saving money. Which was a foreign concept to many of the people in this room. Today we're going to talk about giving. Yeah. Thank all 17 of y'all for that rousing affirmation. Uh, Matter of fact, I've entitled this message, The The Spiritual Significance of Giving. The Spiritual Significance of Giving. This is a message I've preached before. Matter of fact, I've probably tried to preach it every year for, I know I've missed a couple years, but I try to do every year because it's a profound message. It's a message that absolutely changed my life. Sometimes I can look back over the course of my life and see certain milestones where significant changes occurred in my life. And this particular passage that I'm sharing with you today, when I got the revelation and the understanding of this passage, it changed my life. And how I lived my life and how I managed my money. And I can look back and see and know, I know now, that this is one of those principles, giving is one of those principles that a lot of people resist and don't want to do and don't do. But if you get a hold of it, this principle, and you practice it, it will absolutely change your life. I think 18 people clapped their hands on that go around. Um, One of... um, I met, a, I met a new pastor when I was in South Africa and um, unknowns to me, he sent me a text message, a, a text this morning and it shocked me that he sent me a text this morning after my first service and it's about giving. And it says, research shows that giving creates a biochemical reaction in people. The chemicals that are released are the same that occur when a newborn baby is handed to the mom and she holds that child. It then names the chemicals. I'm not going to try to read the names of them real quick because... Anyway, they begin to flood the mom's system because at that moment, the mom is saying, I'll give anything for this child. 
It's much harder to say that when that child is 18. <laughs> Amen, moms. Y'all can yes. say that. Um, I just thought it was amazing that uh, this guy sent me this text this morning not knowing that this is what I was going to be talking about. So I already know that there's some people in here who are going to resist it. Matter of fact, I feel the tension over in this section over here right now. <laughs> and it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the people who are willing to receive it and accept it and embrace it and apply it to their life. You never have to worry about, I'm never going to try to pressure you, embarrass you, or anything when it comes to this money. I'm just going to share what I, what I know. This passage here changed my life. So uh, let me give you a verse, first of all, that I'm not preaching from, but just write this verse down. Don't, don't turn to it. Proverbs chapter 11. And just write it down, verses 24 and 25. Just jot it down. Don't turn to it. I'm, a, I'm not preaching from this. I'm just going to read this verse to you. Proverbs chapter 11 says, there is one who scatters. There's one who scatters. That means there's one who gives, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. That sets the stage for giving. That's Proverbs. That's just that's in here. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I got to go faster than I did today earlier, the first service, because I got behind and we went into overtime and tried to do better this service. I got four points I want to make to you. Four points. In the first point in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, are y'all there? 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, I got to set the stage so you can understand the context of this passage. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, the Corinthians. This is his second letter to them. Because they had a lot of carnality going on in that church. Just like there's a lot of carnality going on on your row. Um, and he's writing to them because the Corinthian church had promised to take up an offering and give the offering to the poor, the poor church in Macedonia. Are y'all with me? Have I lost you? Matter of fact, if you get a chance to read the eighth chapter of Second uh, Corinthians, he talks about the Macedonian church. They are a poor church, but yet they were givers. And God met their needs. But anyway, the church in Corinth had promised to take up an offering, and Paul is writing to them about that offering. Y'all with me? Okay, let me read the first five verses is my first point. Uh, this is the first section. deals with a plea. Somebody say a plea. a plea. Paul made a plea to the Corinthian church, and that's what the first five verses covers. Let me read it to you. He says, now concerning the ministering to the saints, that's the offering you're taking up for the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. He says, I don't need to do this. Superfluous means it's not necessary. I don't need to do this write to you for I know your willingness about which I boast of you to the Macedonians 
that Achaia was ready a year ago and your zeal has stirred up the majority. He said, listen, I, I done told the Macedonian church about y'all's and I boasted about y'all being willing to give this offering to them and they're excited. Verse three, yet I have sent the brothers lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect that as I said, you may be ready. So here's what he said, I'm coming to get the offering from y'all, but I'm sending some people to get there before I get there so I can make sure that the offering is ready. Lest, verse four, if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. He said, I don't wanna get there after I done bragged on y'all gonna get this great offering. Then I get there, and y'all ain't ready to give. He said, I'm going to be embarrassed and y'all going to be embarrassed because I bragged on y'all so much. Therefore, verse 5, I thought it necessary to exhort you, to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand when you had, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. He said, I want you to give this gift and I want you to do it willingly. I'm going to talk about this in a few moments. He said, I want you to do it willingly and I, and I don't want you to do it out, out of a grudging obligation because you, you, you said you were going to give it and now you're just reluctantly giving it. I want you to do it joyfully and, and all of that. So, so that's his plea. Somebody say he makes a plea. So he goes from the plea to laying down point two, a principle. Y'all guessed that all my points are going to begin with P. Go ahead, Pastor. You are proficient at presenting your points that all begin with a P when you are preaching to the people. Working those P's. Of this particular place. Somebody say he lays down a principle. And it's in verse 6. It's important principle. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Wow, that's a profound verse right there. It's a principle, it's a truth. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. The word sparingly means stingily. There are some stingy people on your row. Go ahead and look up and down the row and see if you can figure out who the stingy people are. Did y'all figure out who they are? If they're holding their head down, that's exactly who they are right there. The words sparingly mean stingy. How do you know when you're stingy, when you're tight, from God's vantage point? is when you give to God's kingdom based on what you have left over. Oh, <laughs> I smacked somebody upside the head right there with that point. See, one of the, one of the things y'all got to understand about God and the way he works and operates is he wants to be at the top of your list. He, he's a jealous God. He don't want to share your heart he don't want to share you. And matter of fact, the truth is, he, he shouldn't have to. He doesn't deserve to. He woke you up this morning. He gave you the activities of your limbs. 
And so what this means is when you give sparingly, it means you pay all your other bills. You take care of everything else you got to take care of. You pay everything else that you got to pay. And then whatever you got left over, then that's what you give God. That's stingy. Amen, pastor. I encourage myself. So he said, if you sow sparingly, you wait till you pay everything else, then you give to God. That's from leftovers. And you're going to reap what you sow. Here's what this verse means. You're going to reap what you sow. If you give from your leftovers, that's what you're going to get. God's looking at your record. He's pulling out his push pay and looking, your push pay and looking at your list of what you give. And he sees that every time you get a chance to give, you gave $5. $5. Now here you come to God because you need help. You need, you need him to work a miracle. You need finances. He looked at your record, see that all you gave, every time you gave was $5. Then God says, okay, give them $5. I feel tension on this side of the room. I don't know why. But he who sows bountifully reaps bountifully. He who, he who, who, who gives to God, and matter of fact, this word bountiful is a, is a Greek word that is re in reference to specifically money. It's talking about money. He says, if you give bountifully, and the Greek word here is a Greek word, elogia. Don't even try to spell it. That's the material, it's elogia, from which we derive the English word eulogy. And the word means to speak well of. You're making a statement. I've done a lot of eulogies in my life as a pastor. I've done a lot of eulogies. And I can speak of one of three ways about people that I'm doing a eulogy, somebody who has died. You know, it's one of three ways. I can say that I knew them well. I was, a, I was well acquainted with them. I knew them well. I knew their name. I knew much about them. Or I knew them as an acquaintance. Didn't know much about them, but I knew who they were. I recognized their face. I might even know their name. Might not know their name. They were an acquaintance. Or I didn't know them at all. That's how I speak at a funeral. And what this verse is saying is when you give your giving, you are making a statement. You are making a eulogistic statement about somebody who has died. Y'all not getting it, are you? You're making a statement about your relationship, your knowledge of, your connection to somebody who has died don't have to go far to find out about your relationship with God. All you got to do is look at your checkbook. <laughs> and they answered him not a word when he was preaching. <laughs> See, y'all, people, not y'all, but the person sitting next to you <laughs> wants me to think that you had an encounter with God and he got in your head and you thought differently got in your eyes and you looked at life differently, got in your tongue and you talked differently, got in your heart, you love differently, got in your hands, you clap differently, got in your mouth, you talk differently, slid around your wallet, didn't touch your wallet, <laughs> got in your legs and your feet, and now you walk differently. That's not how it works. When you have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, he changes your entire life. Yeah. Including how you manage your money. Amen. 
You can't tell me that you met Jesus, but yet you ain't given. You're not a giver. When you have an encounter with God, he gives you compassion. He gives you burdens. He opens your eyes to see certain things. And it also impacts how you manage your money. And you become a giver. And that's what this man is saying. He's saying he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. You be a giver and you will get the reward. God will reward you by you being, he will be bountiful to you. I wish I had somebody who was hearing what I was saying. Amen. You don't have to beg me to give. I don't, I don't have to, nobody has to track me down. I don't have to sit, I, I'm troubled when I sit in services and the offering takes an hour. I don't know if y'all ever been in the service. When our church, when y'all go to other churches and see they take 30, 40 minutes and the people begging for the offering and they got a $1,000 line and a $500 line. And we don't do that at the First Baptist Church of Glen Island. We don't do that. I'm not saying they're wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying we believe in training you and teaching you the word of God. And I'm, I'm going to be excited for the day when it's often time and we break out into laughter, dancing, shouting, running around, just to be grateful to be able to give to the kingdom of God. So the principle is let each, the principle is you sow stingily, you're gonna get back stingily. If you give sparingly, you're gonna reap sparingly. If you give bountifully, if you, you are making a statement. Every time you put an offering in, every time you give a gift, every time you sow to help somebody or help some cause or help some people, you are making a statement about, you are giving a eulogy about somebody that you have a relationship with who has died. And his name is Jesus, if there's any question in your mind about what I'm talking about. Then here's point three. I'm almost finished. I was waiting for somebody to say, take your time, but y'all were too slow. They said it back then? All right, okay, here's point three. Y'all got the first point, right? What was it? He, Paul made a plea. What, number two? Principles. Principles. You reap what you sow. You, you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. You sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. Here's point three, the program. Here's how you do it. Here's how you exercise the principle. I want y'all to look at the person next, next to you on both sides, and if they sleep, please wake them up for me. <laughs> I know you're not asleep, you're just examining the back of your eyelids. <laughs> I'm trying to help you. I wish y'all would go home and get some sleep at night. If you didn't go to the party last night and stayed out all night, you could give some attention to God this morning. Verse 7 is the program, how you do it. Let, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Here's what that scripture means. It means that you give with purpose and with the proper attitude. Purpose and proper attitude. Somebody say with purpose, proper attitude. Let each one give, let each one give as he purposes in his heart. That word purpose means give in a way which you prefer. We don't ask y'all to give to everything, and I don't want you to give to everything. I want you to give to the things that your heart resonates with. Like the pastor's love offering, uh, <laughs> the children's building. <laughs> you, you give based on the things that you have a preference to. I don't give, when I go to church, I don't give to every offering. I give to the things that I resonate with. 
And I would tell you to do the same thing. Give to the things that you uh, feel that you aligned up with the purpose of it. Amen. That each one give has he purposes in his heart. Y'all see that right there? And then it says, not grudgingly or of necessity. You got to have the proper attitude. For God loves a cheerful giver. Here's the deal. If you're going to have an attitude about giving, keep your money. We don't want it and neither does God. Now, let me, can I stick a pen right here for a second? I need to back up a little bit. And let me say this real quick. People, uh, I've heard plenty of preachers on, you go on the radio and television and all that and internet and you can hear people preaching that tithing ain't for the day and then they point to this verse right here. It's important for you to understand that when Paul wrote this letter to the church in Corinth, he was not talking about tithes. He was talking about an offering. Amen. Not tithes. And he says at the very beginning of the first verse, he says, now concerning uh, the ministry that you're giving to the Macedonian or the offering that you're giving to the Macedonian. It's, this whole passage is about your offerings. It's not about your tithes. God didn't eliminate tithe. By the way, if tithing was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Amen. 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 Thank you for that rousing affirmation all over the building. You got to have the proper attitude. Tell your neighbor, got to, you got to have the right attitude. Now, I got, I got six kids. My youngest one is John Jr. We call him Johnny. When Johnny was young, Johnny's attitude when he was young was different than his older brothers and sisters. His older brothers and sisters, if I called them to do something, they got an attitude. Sarah told me one time, right after she got her license, she got her driver's license. And I said, take your little brother to football practice. She said, why can't you take him? <laughs> Go ahead and thank God that she's still alive. <laughs> You're going to understand this statement in a moment. The grace of God kept her alive. I'd call her or any of the kids. Joshua? Josh? Joshua, I know you hear me, Joshua. They act like they don't hear me. But if I call Johnny, Johnny, here's Johnny. Yes, Daddy. Yes. He outgrew it, but he had it for a short period of time. That's right. They outgrew it. But the time that he had it, and the time that he walked in it, and the time that he responded to me that way, he could get anything from me that he wanted. And if you know how to treat your children as a heaven, as an earthly father, what will our heavenly father do if we respond to him with the same attitude and posture? If we would respond to him, yes, father, how can I give to you today? What do you want me to do for you today? How much do you want me to give today? Y'all was clapping real loud a few moments ago.
It's a proper attitude. Now, let me close with this fourth and final dynamic point. Since y'all are so enthusiastically <laughs> encouraging me, it's promise. Verse number eight, there's a promise. I love this point right here. Verse eight, and God is able. We can stop right there and shout right there on that point right there. And God is able to make all grace. Woo! Grace is God's presence to empower you to be and do everything you're supposed to be and do. I love this verse. And God is able to make all grace abound. Whew, good God. God can make, give you all the grace you need. Grace to be the right husband. Grace to be a good wife. Grace to be a good father. Grace to be a good mother. Grace to do your job. Grace to be everything he's called you to be. He gives you the ability and the desire. That's what grace does. He gives you the ability and the desire. That's what grace does. He gives you the ability and the desire. That's what grace does. I'm stuck right here. He gives you the ability and the desire. Some of you got the ability, but you don't want to. Some of you want to, but you ain't got the desire to. We serve a God. You ain't got the skill to. Who can make them both come together and give you the ability and the desire. And he will give you all grace. And God is able to make all grace abound more than you need. Abundance of grace. Abound, wait a minute, where? Toward you. You know what I love about that? God loves you. And he can make grace abound toward you. This ain't a principle that's just true for me. It's true for anybody that wants to see it happen in their life. If they adopt the right attitude and function in the principle, go on and preach, Pastor. I'm doing the best I can. That you always having all sufficiency in all things. Y'all see all these alls all up in this passage. All, all grace and all ways and all sufficiency and all things may have an abundance for every good work. Wow. Do y'all get this point? It's a promise that is connected. Matter of fact, I, didn't, I hadn't even talked about this. In verse um, uh, number eight, it says, and God is able. And is a conjunction. Go ahead. Y'all know what y'all want to say. Go ahead. Conjunction, junction. What's your fun? I know y'all want to say it. Go ahead. It connects what's about to be said with what has just been said. It ties the two together. Y'all hear what I'm saying to you today? 
That's what it does. It ties the two together. He said, I'm getting ready to tell you something, but it's tied to what I just said. In other words, I'm, God's able to make all grace abound towards you. Yes, I'm about to tell you about the grace of God that will empower you to do all things and be sufficient in all things, but it's tied to your attitude and your ability and your, your process of giving. This is the verse that changed and altered my life. And that's why I'm such a prosperous man. I'm a blessed man. Yeah, y'all want to drip, drip. Thank you. Y'all want to drip, drip, but the drip, drip comes from you doing the drip, drip on this right here too. Yeah. You you don't get this favor just because you belong to First Baptist. That's right. You get it because you take the principles that are taught at First Baptist and apply them into your life. I'm telling you, to be a giver personally, for those of you who own, who own businesses, to give professionally and in your businesses, be a giver and watch God favor you with his favor. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. We've all heard this saying, you reap what you sow. This statement is true in that we must be willing to give with a cheerful heart to receive the blessings God has for us. When you change your perspective on giving, God will give you the grace and desire to give. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.